Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, uh, a common man in Chicago. And I'm the other of the two hosts, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, returned from the dead to visit with Tim for 15 minutes a week to discuss the current events and help him gain perspective mm-hmm. on the nation's state of affairs. Abe, we've had some new listeners recently. I feel like there's a few things we should clue them in on. Um, number one, rarely 15 minutes. Correct. Re- like, we thought about that at the beginning, have not kept it. <laughs> we, kept, we keep to it when there's like those weeks where there's just not a whole lot going on, and we're like, let's get in and get out. Yeah, you of know course. what I mean? Yeah. But when we're on fire, oh, you keep... it'll be it'll be an hour. It'll be half an hour, you know? Well, you know. We'll keep Absolutely, it loose. Yeah. yeah. The other one, um, we started this pact with our listeners a while back that if they gave us a five-star review on iTunes... That we would review any movie, I think we said on the FX app, this one was not on the FX app. It was not. We looked, it wasn't on the FX app. No. But it seemed like it could be. Oh, absolutely. That we would review uh, these movies because Abe has a fascination with modern movies. I thought this fascination could be used uh, for good, uh, uh, you know, sort of cluing in on him, uh, cluing Abe in on what he's missed over the past uh, 100 years or so. Right, which is why you've suggested things like Schindler's List, Dr. Citizen Chivago's, Kane, Citizen Kane. Right. Whereas I prefer to watch, you know... X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Stealth, uh, <laughs> The Switch Up, Green Lantern. Which one's, which one's the Switch Up? It's got Green Lantern in it where he pees into a fountain and then Okay, so it's that body switching comedy, yeah. right? Okay. It's funny, they switch bodies. Yeah. He gets to lay with his brother's wife. Well, you liked old school too. I did like old school. Yeah, I got you that. You're my boy blue T-shirt. You, my boy blue. Do you still have that? I do. Nice. I like that guy. He's the normal guy who just yells a lot. The, the normal guy. He was funny. We're going streaking. Um. So here we are. Uh, we're back. We're doing it again. Knee deep in the Mueller investigation. Oh, oh. Manafort is really the trial is heating up. Yeah, Primaries there's a lot going up on. soon. The president's approval rating seems to be swelling, even though he continues to wage his unpopular culture wars. We lost a legendary soul singer today. There's a lot to talk about. Instead, we're going to be talking about the Kevin Costner uh, action film Waterworld. Uh, well, action film? Sci-fi action film? Action film, for sure. Action film, yeah. Timothy, uh, in the past, you've recommended movies that I should watch. And yes. then sometimes I've watched these movies, and I've thought, man, two movies you said I could watch. Instead, uh, when I was, you know, palling about, looking for time to fill you're in the afterlife you can't tell me what happens no right but i do have an fx app on the Mm -hmm. phone that i stole from you so they you recommended hook and mad max fury road i recommended and i feel like i feel as if well you recommended them compared to other movies oh sure yes they're better than other other movies yeah hook and mad max fury road if they had a baby it would be water world (laughs) That's yeah. That's that's solid. That's pretty accurate. It's like it's like trying to be Mad Max, but not quite getting there. You know what I mean? It's Mad Max on the water, but they still have the kind of bikes. They have the the, yeah. the, jet, the, the, the jets, the bike, the water jets, the apocalyptic clothing. Yes, the browns, the faded. Yes, the feral nature of the bad guys. Everyone is exposed to the elements constantly, yet their skin remains pale. So many, so many white people. Yeah. So we'll talk about all these things. I don't know where to start, but we should start. Maybe with a quick recap of the film. Yeah, let's do it in like, you know, three sentences or or, or less. What happens in this film? Um, I'll tell you what, we'll go back and forth. The world is covered in water. Because the polar ice caps melted. 
You're going to take the second sentence to say that? What's the part? It's the second clause of the first sentence. Oh, that? so that was just one. Okay, I wasn't doing like half a sentence. Okay, then I'll start, the, I'll start the second sentence. Oh, deal. Great. Kevin Costner plays the Mariner, who is a mutant looking for dry land. Okay, then, yeah, he's not really looking for dry land. He just ends up there, but I feel fine going forward okay. with that sentence. Uh, he doesn't know what he's looking for, but he ends up finding dry land. And family. And family. Uh, so Superman's dad is in this. Like, not his actual dad from Krypton. It's his dad on Earth. What? Oh, Kevin Costner. Yes. Yeah, I forgot you've only watched that one. Yes, Kevin Costner Steel. is uh, the Mariner. Yeah, he, he's in Man of Steel. And then yeah. there's a flashback in uh, Batman versus Superman. Right. I don't remember. I, I haven't seen all of Batman vs. Superman. Okay, you're missing out. You should watch the sure. extended version because okay. they add a lot to the um, Lois Lane character. She figures out a big case. They oh. may flesh her out. So in that movie, they have this big scene where Superman is kind of lost and he's tired of getting criticism, even though they don't really show up get a lot of criticism. <laughs> you're supposed to think Superman's getting criticism. So he hikes up a mountain, and when he's up there, uh, Kevin, uh, the Mariner, Kevin Costner, is at the top of a mountain chopping wood and talking about this time where all these... His, they bailed out his neighbor's farm from a rain, uh -huh. and all the horses ended up drowning. I grew up on a farm and spent many times on sure. farms. I don't understand the topography he could possibly describe <laughs> it. I don't understand the situation, the climate. They were digging a, a ditch to keep a flood water away. There's no way you could keep up. Two men could do that. And it wasn't Superman. It was, it was Superman's dad and his, his dad. Yeah. And then somehow the water they redirected drowned horses. Horses can run away, and then horses why would they be plural. pinned? I, I, Could they have been overcome by a, a flooding river or Listeners, something like that? Listeners, feel free to chime in with this because that's not the movie we're talking about. We're talking about Superman's dad in Waterworld. Yeah. Waterworld begins with the typical, like, you know, they show the, the CGI fake Earth kind of... Yeah, the universe... It's, what is it? The universal logo. And then all of a sudden that merges into the graphics of the opening <laughs> scene... And then you hear a voice say, in the future, the polar ice caps have melted. And it's like the in-a-world guy. It's the most, if you don't know this, this is like the most iconic voiceover guy of this era. So to hear him almost feels like a parody of this, this movie. Well, it, the whole movie felt like a parody of movies. <laughs> Down to the fact that Jack Black plays a pilot in this. Yeah, that re I, I, I remember that about this, but it really threw me again. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird moment in Jack Black's career, I guess. He got paid. Sure, yeah. So the world has, uh, it's been hundreds of years since civilizations ended because the land is just swept up by the water. Polar ice caps have melted, seemingly covering everything. Yes. I don't think, and I'm someone who has worried and thought about climate change a lot, I don't think this amount of sea water coverage of, of the landmass is possible, but we're doing a flight of fancy here, it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's meant to shock. Sure. In yeah. awe. Yeah. So it opens then with uh, some sort of floating ship well let's 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 talk about the very next scene after the universe oh i want to talk about the very first oh okay scene. cool you we're, we're on the same path in a movie you always want to show what's it what'd you say skin the cat save the cat save the cat i, I was gonna bring this up yes uh the screenwriting book that's been very popular over the past 10 years or so you really want to uh make your character identifiable and uh empathetic uh for your audience so that they are hooked and they they like this character and want to see them succeed. They do something heroic. A yes. hero should be shown in an act of heroism yes, right. so that you identify this is the hero that we should be rooting for. So what does the Mariner do first? He drinks his own urine after putting it through a plastic device. 
a couple things about it's this. It's rough. It's a rough first shot. It's a shot of him over the shoulder, just taking a leak. Yeah, and they show the, like, urine yes. and everything. Yeah. And it goes into, he pours it into a device, and then he drinks it. Here's the thing. Yeah. I will say this. I mean, you can't do this forever, but you can drink your own urine if you drink it right away. Mm-hmm. So okay. if he's really that thirsty, he doesn't need the sort of device that filters it or whatever. I'm assuming it's a preference thing on his part. Oh, he likes... To it's like a coffee maker. It's like it's a Keurig. He's like, I like my I like my urine pressed. That's right. I think it's like a Keurig. I think he's got his pee Keurig. NASA actually developed something like this. Um, and based off the movie? No, sir. I don't think it's based off the movie. I think people have thought about this idea for a long time. And again, in our time, if you were really stranded, you couldn't yeah. find fresh water. If you were surrounded by brackish water, you could just drink it real quick. Okay, uh, but uh, so NASA developed this sort of machine where you could uh, uh, recycle urine into potable drinking water, um, clean-ish. Um, anyways, so this is him uh, saving the cat. Is he? This is the urine. first scene, and it is rough. So like, we also find out later. Uh, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, we find out he's a mutant. Yes. We've mentioned this already. He's got gills because it's been so long that humanity's evolved into fish people. Yes, has mutated. He can breathe underwater. He's kind of Aquaman. And you think Aquaman <laughs> could do so many things. Why couldn't he just not need to drink his own urine? Yeah. You know, you'd think, oh, man, as far as mutations that would be helpful, being able to drink salt water would be very useful. Right. Yes. So I guess they're trying to establish him as an anti-hero because he has this little lime tree and some guy steals his limes and then he basically gets that guy murdered. Yeah, but that's retribution, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not likable. He just it's points not. at him and he's like, I'm a, your throat's going to get slit. Then he throws, shows up at a trading outpost. Yes, right. Okay. Uh, this is when it really gets oh, weird. One of these floating cities. and It's I just mean, a bunch of boats tied together. I, yes, with with uh, sort of ramshackle walls yes. defending uh, the, the people inside. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. The first thing I want to go over... They have what looks like a, a pretty simple capitalist system inside these walls. Right. And that, Abe, that really throws me. So it's a barter and trade system. If you yep. have dirt, you get some coins. You get some chits, I think they call chits. them. Chits, they called them chits. Why even have the currency at yeah. a certain point? Just you have the soil. Just use the soil yeah. as the currency. Right. But you trade the soil for the chits, and then the chits... But then he goes to the store and everything's taken from the store. Well, Gene, yeah, Gene Triplehorn's store. What would I know her from? Uh, Basic Instinct, I think. Okay. She's in that. You, hey, you would like that. Okay. You would like certain scenes in that film. That's what I like to hear. Well, there was a certain scene in this film that we'll talk about that I like. Okay, sir. Uh, he goes to the store. Is it a store or a bar? It's both. It's both. It's like yeah. A, it's. I think they they thought that that's what like it was like in the Wild West. Sure. It's not how it was really like. I ran a store for a while. You didn't serve liquor there. Right. Those are two different things. Okay. So nothing's at the store. He buys a tomato plant. Right. He knows his plants. Yes. Somehow this guy knows plants. But we also hear these people at a table saying, "I hear there's a child with a map on her back." A prophecy. Yes. There's a prophecy. Shows child. you where the land is. Yeah. These people are just talking about this for some reason. So then he goes to leave with the shelves he buys and the tomato plant. Because <laughs> there's nothing else to buy but the shelves. And then these strange people come up to him and they say, Hey, look, we need your seed before Please you Please have leave. sex with our daughter. Because our population can't get too in- incestuous. Yeah. It's funny they would still know that. I guess that's... I, I don't know. And then this daughter's real young and he's not interested. Yeah. And they're like, he must be hiding something if he doesn't want to basically 
take advantage of our young daughter. You know what? This is his save the cat moment right here. He decides he not does to. not have sex with this child. That's this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like. And Ugh. also, what is his accent? It's uh, all- the Mariner. Yes. Uh, I mean, but this, I mean, this is one of many weird things of this sort of... It's almost an Irish accent. Sure. He's like, no, I don't want to have sex with your daughter. (laughs) We didn't even, I mean, we don't know what part of the world this is in. We don't know who survived. We don't. You know, do we see a black person in this film? I saw, there was one in the airplane. In the smoker. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Right. There's always one black guy and the bad guys in these movies. So, okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Yeah. So... Uh, they, they, like, he must be hiding something. They, they beat him up, and they reveal he has gills. Right. And he's a yes. mutant. He's a mutie. Mutie. Yeah. Short for mutant. Right. And they decide they're gonna... X-Men. Yeah. Okay, so, there's a few things I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to that in a second here. <laughs> okay? Good. Uh... We're already okay. in minute 13 for anything. Okay. And we are in minute 13 of the movie as well. <laughs> so, all of these things have been established. They're gonna kill him, but then the smokers, yeah. who are the bad guys of the movie... That's right. They, I think, have followed him because they found his ship. They found, they rode upon his ship when his limes got stolen. I think they followed him. I don't know, but they, yeah, maybe the guy they were trying to kill sold them out. I don't know. Who they're cares? called smokers because they have gasoline-powered ships. Yeah, so you can see them coming from a, a ways away. I guess. Yeah, the jet skis. Yeah. they have actual boats. They have guns. An oil tanker. Right, that's where yeah. their base is. Right, it's right. an oil rig. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, they show up and they just destroy this place and the chaos. Um, uh, just a really uh, a huge action set piece. I will say this: yeah, they built that set. It on is water. impressive. It was built. Yes. So that must have been exhausting to film. <laughs> so they blow this whole thing up, and then he, uh, the mariner, escapes with the girl with the map on her back and her mom. Yeah. And this is when things really get slow and weird. <laughs> Yeah, this is where we're we're building the character of the Mariner and you know trying to turn him into a good guy here. He's trying to get redeemed by yes. the story of having to have a family. So Jean Triplehorn's character—don't even remember her name at this point. Uh, if you check the if the script is probably woman or something. <laughs> so they're really having a tough time getting along on this boat. At a, at a certain point, Jean Triplehorn offers herself okay we're glass we got we gloss over this that's just having a tough time he's being outright like a rude guy he about beats this. her with an oar at one point that's, it's really tough that's after he, she offers him that's sleep. right yeah she's like he's like none neither of you are any use to me well first off the, the g triple horde's like will you take us to land you know where it is he's like i, I can take you but i can't take the daughter because she's dead weight we should throw her overboard yeah just casually suggesting not as a joke that we should just kill your kid real quick right yeah and then she's like no you have to take us both and he's like honestly neither of you are any use to me i should kill you both and he's like well i'm gonna kill your daughter for sure keep, keep describing this i'm gonna look up that we're talking about the right person when we see gene Tri- okay great so she's like uh he's like i'm gonna go kill your daughter real quick and she's like no there must be something i could do and she takes off her clothes and this is also where he, the Mariner's kind of like, I'm, no, I won't. She's naked. Yeah. She stands there naked, and he looks her up and down. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So then he... Okay, uh, it is Gene Triplehorn. Okay, basic instinct. Just trying to think what else you would know her from. Mickey Blue Eyes, that ring no. bells? Okay. Um, Criminal Minds, the TV show? No. I don't think you know her from anything else. Sorry. Okay. Uh, basically, the woman then is like, 
she holds a harpoon gun on him and she's like take us to land and then he just throws yeah. a big sheet on her and then hits her on the head to knock her unconscious it's rough to watch this too right it's really rough it does not age well no i, I remember watching purple rain uh prince's movie a while back and there's a moment where he just he just slaps uh the leading lady in the film as though it's not a big deal it's tough to watch this shit sir yeah well this was a tough see a tough yeah tough to watch and then she wakes up and then he throws the kid overboard at one point but she can't swim for some reason so we're and, supposed to yeah. know she's from land i guess i don't know and he stops the boat and that's another save the camel. he stops the boat to pick up the child he threw he almost drowned he doesn't leave him to die and also i think like he just won't go near these women what are we supposed to think about that because I he feels think it's mute. just a loner thing right well we don't know who we don't know what the rest of this guy's life has been like. Who taught him to, uh, you know, be the mariner? <laughs> How much has he been around people? Was he with his dad or his mom at some point? Yeah, he built this ship that's pretty remarkable. Um, an amazing ship. Well, yeah. it's faster than a ship that's not a smoker. Right. Eventually the smokers are looking for him because they find out that this girl's got a map to land. They catch up with them because they have an airplane? Yes, the airplane comes first, right? Okay, so here's a couple things I thought about with the airplane. Okay. Uh, if I had oil and an airplane, I think I would just send the airplane out on missions to look for land. Yeah. Not to, like, look for other... The things. map? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need the map if you have the airplane? Just that Yeah, if you're ground. looking for a mountain, you get about 20,000 feet up. You, you know, that's better than any and prophecy. The, the airplane could just say, okay, guys, it's that direction. It's <laughs> going to take four weeks, but we can do it. <laughs> but that's a... That's a a uh, misallocation of scarce resources. It really, it really is. <laughs> so the bad guys are led by Dennis Hopper, who's having a good time. Oh, he is, he is uh, really just chewing the scenery in this thing. They live on an oil rig, and they have an old man who measures how much oil is left at the oil rig. Yeah, that's fascinating. And what do they call the oil? They call it something like... Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, the... Dennis Hopper throws cigarettes to everyone to like keep them happy. Yeah, and we'll, let's unpack that a little bit. Where are these cigarettes coming from? I don't know where. It's they... not a cigarette boat. It's a hundred. Th- it's been a hundred. They said four hundred years or something yeah. at one point since civilization ended. Uh huh. Cigarettes would not last. They got last. paper and tobacco apparently, and so, tons of it. Yeah. First off, cigarettes would not last that long. No, and they have like packs, so that means they're designing paper packs for the cigarettes. They're not making cigarettes in the future. <laughs> they they wouldn't also cigarettes wouldn't last that long. No, no. Um, Another misallocation of scarce resources. I, so there are moments where I like Dennis Hopper in this, like a few moments uh, when he's getting his eye, his new eye yeah, put on. Yeah, because oh, because when they attack the boat, when they attack that 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 city, Kevin Costner. There's a part where this guy is just shooting a gun. So Kevin Costner takes a harpoon and takes the man's boat from the gun uh-huh. he's shooting you at. I'm not describing this well. A guy's shooting a gun <laughs> on a boat. Yeah. And then Kevin Costner just takes that boat and points it at the other bad guys. Uh-huh. And the guy doesn't stop shooting. He just shoots his own other bad guys. Yeah. And his name's Charlie or Chuck, and they're yelling at him like, Chuck, stop. And he doesn't know until it's over. That's how Kevin Costner gets out of that jam. Pretty smart stuff. Who the hell's making bullets? Dude? I don't know how they make bullets. They show that at one point they have the scene of just all the, the casings of the bullets. Yeah. I was like, you could build so many other important things. With oh, this. yeah. Like a nice ship with right. a roof. Like, maybe get out of the sun a little bit, guys. <laughs> You're all living 20 years at most with the skin cancer, <laughs> the lesions, the just sun damage that you'd be suffering from. So Dennis Hopper, in this attack, loses an eye. And then they put yeah. on some new fake eye on it that looks awful. 
That was a moment where I actually laughed a little bit, where the the crew, Dennis Hopper's crew, is like trying to make it seem like it looks good when it right. isn't. Right, as if he's Hook and they're like the yeah, other, they're right. the other uh, pirates. But this this movie also swings wildly in its tone from time to time. Yes, you uh, mean like the moments where there's like, am I about to see a rape scene? And then the next time <laughs> it's Dennis Hopper being, hey, here's doing a, his comedy. Here's a joke that it relies on an anachronism that the character would know. He refers to civilization as the ancients, and yet he says the joke like, well, I lost my eyes, so I guess that'll hurt my short game. No one knows what golf is. No No one would know what the hell golf is. Golf is based on land. Where do we leave off? Okay, Gene Triplehorn, also in this oil rig, has a car that he's trying to fix up. (laughs) (laughs) There's a car that drives around (laughs) the oil rig. They waste Uh, the gasoline. The oil that they found in this oil rig, they waste not trying to explore the ocean to find resources. They use it just to drive this car with three wheels around, and everyone climbs in the car like, "Oh yeah, we almost got it working." It's the epitome. Like this, is, you want to know why this? this okay, <laughs> there you go. So Gene Triplehorn takes down the plane with this amazing shot, one in a million shot. Yeah, she takes down the plane. They should have been looking for land. <laughs> takes it down. Uh, what what happens after that? The mariner gets mad about the damage to his boat. Um, Throws the kid off. Then he gives the kid the crayon back as like a, a peace offering. Next scene we see, he's teaching the kid how to swim. This is like our real save the cat moment. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're cutting back it's, a little bit. It's a I, wild turn. Okay, too. I skipped all this stuff just straight when the kid gets captured. Sure. Yeah. But when the kid gets... After they've kind of bonded a little bit and the kid's captured. And then the, the mariner and the woman, we'll just call her. Yeah. They have a moment. Oh, wait, did we already skip the traitor who, uh, also, there's a sexual assault scene? Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about, there's so many parts. This is a long movie. It's like two hours and 15 minutes. It's, it's much longer than it needed to be. <sighs> they run into this traitor. It was um, a time commitment to review this movie this week. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to change some things and shift some priorities around <laughs> in my actual life to make this movie happen. I sacrificed. I had to stay up until like midnight on a weeknight watching <laughs> fucking water. Yeah, I burned through some social capital with some close. Oh, this asshole character actor. Uh, he's a traitor, and um, he trades the Mariner paper, which is this amazing, you know, rare antique that, that they're using to make cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> on the tons ordinary. of it. So, uh, that happens, but then the Mariner feels bad, stops the sexual assault from happening, kills the traitor. Because she, she's, he trades her for this paper, right? Yeah, I guess we're supposed to think that's a good guy thing, to stop the sexual assault. I, yeah, I decided at the last second, no, you can't sexually assault this woman, I said you could. Also, like, the woman doesn't have her own agency in this. <sighs> what happens next, Abe? So, eventually, uh, the Mariner ends up on the oil rig to try to... To have to take down Dennis Hopper. Oh, we're skipping some stuff, my man. Well, we're at 23 minutes. <laughs> they go. He brings her down in a diving bell uh, to see the ruins of the city. Oh. While, while they're down there, the kid gets kidnapped. Yeah, but he can breathe for her down there because he's got the gills. That's right. Wait, what? No, we're... He, the they go part. back up. Okay, yeah. They escape because he can breathe underwater. The, this flying machine guy, who we forgot to introduce in our recap. Oh, so in the city, the, the city thing, 
the this old man's taking care of the woman and the child. Yes. But then the smokers attack, and he's like, "I'm out of here, peace. I got a flying machine that's flying away." And the and then a terrible scene where they it looked like a, a scene where they didn't know they were like it was like a warm up take where the uh-huh. woman and the child were supposed to be acting. I'd like to show it to you again sometime. But they're like, "No, don't leave us." And then he ends up, sorry, I didn't mean to, and he flies yeah, off without Flies this. off. Anyway, he shows back up at this point. Yeah, with the uh, the flying machine again. He'd probably know where the land was. Yeah, you get high enough up, you could see where the land is. So he picks them up. Uh, they go to find some of the survivors of the previous uh, trading outpost attack. Kevin Costner takes a, a jet ski and goes off to find the tanker, who knows how he knows where it is, who cares. Um, then there's this long action sequence. This is actually... I thought this was done pretty well, where they, they do this... Uh, I don't know. They do this technique where the the little girl is describing the Mariner. And, you know, he doesn't have a name, and he's faster than anyone. He can breathe underwater. And it's showing him infiltrating the, the oil tanker. Okay, so this is when the Mariner becomes kind of a cross between Jason Bourne <laughs> and Superman's dad. Yeah. And Aquaman. Yes. Because they show him swimming really fast, mm-hmm. like like a little dolphin. Drowning he, people that can't breathe underwater. And then jumping out of the water, like, eight feet past <laughs> the surface, as if he can get air like an orca. Uh-huh. And as super strength? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're also forgetting, they make an Exxon Valdez uh, joke. They do? Do you remember the captain that he references in The Office? No. Okay, so he he uh, makes a reference to a captain that uh, presumably was like the leader at one point of this oil tanker. That's the captain of the uh, Exxon Valdez, the the a ship while you were dead. Okay. It spilled oil. That's all you really need to know, sir. Oh, okay. It was a it was a topical reference that I bet got huge laughs in the theater. <laughs> were there people in the theater to make these Do- laughs? Does not hold up well when you watch it thirty years later or whatever. Okay. Um, so then he saves her. There's very little computer, like, computer-generated yeah. effects. A little bit of green screen. But, there, no, there's a lot of green screen at the end. <laughs> at the, the more the movie goes on, the more green screen there is. Yeah. He blows up the tanker. Yes. Dennis Hopper keeps finding ways to escape, and then the, there's an airplane chase, and the balloon shows up, and then he the gets flying a machine balloon. Uh, but then Dennis Hopper's still holding on. The kid kicks him off. We assume Dennis Hopper's dead. Blah, whatever. Then they make their way. Uh, the old tinkerer man decodes the tattoo on the child's back. Which I didn't understand. La- latitude, longitude, I guess. But okay. then also, how would he know what that means? I don't know. Anyways, um, then they find dry land. And Mariner can't take it. So, the child was born on dry land? Yes. To who? Uh, the last two people that lived there, I guess. And then they put a tattoo on their back to show where it was and sent her to sea to show other people. By herself? Yes, because the two of them were sick. I think that's the convenient sort of plot thing they say at the end. So I guess they just put her... Oh, that's when they're like, we knew they knew they were dying. Yes. So these two people were on an island. Yeah. It's going pretty well. They have a baby, but they, they're sick and they're dying. They're like, well, this child is going to... Probably from skin cancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they tattoo their kid. That's not traumatic enough. To, and we're like, talking like... Uh, full ink blot. So... <laughs> like, they, they could just really, like... They could have done the inverse. Like Polynesian tattoos. Right. That are like... They filled, like, instead of just making <laughs> black tattoo, 
they 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 made a full like black canvas with white yeah. space. And she doesn't remember this, so she must have been like an infant when this. But happened. she remembers some other things. She can't swim, and the she music remembers... from the music box and the horses. She draws horses. Remember? Yes, that's right. So anyway, they get to this place. It's idyllic. Everyone's really thrilled, but the mariner's packing up his ship because he can't take it. He's like, "I had sex with Jean Triplehorn. I'm gonna get out of here now. I'm gonna go back out on the sea. That's where I belong." Yes, because he's a mutant. Yeah. And this is the origin for Aquaman. He's also not like, I'm going to go find other people and tell them to come here. He's no. just like, I'm out of here. Peace. I'm probably just going to go back out onto the open seas and rape and murder. <laughs> and drink my own pee out of my piss curing. <laughs> Sir! And he does it all with this, using the weakest little Irish accent you've ever heard. Yeah. Sir, what do you think What do you think of, uh, of Waterworld compared to some of the other stuff? I definitely think it is a useful allegory and cautionary tale. Climate change? No, about how movies can be really <laughs> stupid. So, I mean, this doesn't cross a line for you where it's so bad it's good. No, it doesn't because uh, it's hard to watch. Yeah, and it also... Uh, there's not enough moments, like the Dennis Hopper moments, where it's like the Mad Max stuff where it's like, look, we're just having fun here. There's so many moments where they really want to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. And they want to make sure that you know... That, oh, wow, this could happen. Yeah. It's kind of like if you make art from a place of politics first, where you, like, have a point to prove. Yeah. And politics doesn't necessarily have to mean a certain candidate. Just, like, when you have an opinion and you want to make something based around that opinion, that's not a great starting place. It's better to have, like, a starting place that's, like... Yeah. Kind of like, um... I mean, you're a fan of some of the Adam McKay films, uh, I know. So you like Step Brothers. Uh-huh. So Adam McKay uh, sometimes, and I love Adam McKay films, but sometimes he like really like tries to like force in some politics stuff into his comedies where it's like, this doesn't really belong. Here. Yeah, if he left that out, he'd have so much more room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Um, yeah, I, this, uh, this was, I, really, I went into this movie saying, I'm not going to prejudge this. If, if, if this has been categorized wrong, maybe this is actually a fun movie. You know, then I'll, I'll accept it that way. But then I saw, you know, Kevin Costner drinking his own piss. And it was like, wow, we are off to the races here. Yeah, and I also went into this thinking I was going to like it. And it was going to be the typical episode in which Tim tells me a movie's bad. But I say that movie's actually pretty good. <laughs> you couldn't do that. I couldn't. Time. I think that we found that my taste is really like anything from like 2004 to 2016. This is a little before your time. Yeah, a little before. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, folks, we have one more review, seemingly, of the ones that have been posted, and that's The Greatest Showman. We'll see when that happens. Um, but if you want us to review a movie, preferably on the FX app, but, you know, who knows, um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes uh, and leave the name of the movie in there, and we'll be happy to do... Again, I wish these were just segments, but Abe, you seem pretty determined to make them full episodes. Yeah, we should make them full episodes to really honor the listeners. I like how this movie tried to really get you caught up in the logic of the world. Yeah. Like in that first scene where they're like, when two drifters cross paths, they're supposed to exchange. Yeah. And the guy's... Doesn't like there's exchange. a code of conduct that people would know. Yeah. And then yeah. I also like, nothing's for free in Waterworld. I, that's probably the biggest surprise of watching this. How many times they called their life Waterworld. When I watched this movie, I did not expect anyone to say the words Waterworld. <laughs> they would just say the world. They... 
Yeah. yeah, or life, or whatever they called it, or some other yeah. name. Uh-huh. Like Waterworld Earth. seems like an outside perspective on this, like <laughs> the movie day. No, they called their life Waterworld all the time. Well, sir, I'm sorry this movie didn't work out for us. It's okay, but we learned something, yeah. and uh, nothing's free in Waterworld. Yeah. Was there something you wanted to talk about with the sex scene? I think we remember Gene Triplehorn or something about that. Oh, just yeah, we get the off the shoulder. You yeah, let's just rewind. I'll show you what I'm talking. about. Okay, we'll see. You'll show me this. We'll end the episode, and then we'll we'll just watch this, folks. We'll see you next time.